Hey everybody, Josh Sigurdsson of World Alternative Media here, and we're joined by J Jimmy Corsetti, of course, of the great channel Bright Insight. Many of you have seen him before, and if you haven't seen him on his own channel, you should check it out. You've probably seen him on Joe Rogan as well, and he's been doing amazing work inspiring people like myself to actually go out and explore these places, one of the most important of which is the reshot structure in Mauritania, Africa, which after watching one of his videos back in 2019, I decided to fly out myself and go on the ground and research the place because why not go through minefields and stuff like that so first of all thank you very much for joining us today jimmy and i wanted to get into a few of the subject matters that you've been talking about recently as far as ancient civilizations go and namely the um green sahara theory and the idea of the sahara desert actually having been a lush place not all that long ago and it really does help explain um, what the reshot structure is, that it could be the site of Atlantis. Right. First of all, before we get into all of that, can you tell people who aren't yet aware of uh, the reshot structure what it is? Sure, you bet. And let me just say real quick, it's good to see you again. Uh, the fact that you had went out to the reshot after I had made those videos, I was blown away. You're so, it's what an intrepid thing to do. And you put yourself in danger in the process. And then we connected a year later in Egypt and we spent a couple of weeks there together and it was awesome. So it's yeah. good to see you again. Yeah, um, but going back to Africa. And so the Rishad structure, Eye of the Sahara is what it's commonly referred to as. The, the fact that, first of all, so few people have ever seen or heard of this thing before is, is truly bizarre because when you first see it, for the first time on the internet, satellite photos of it, you're like, what is this? It's so bizarre. But not only that, whenever I share with people like, oh, you know, the Sahara Desert actually is not millions of years old like they previously had thought. It's actually just a few thousand years old. Four or 5,000 years ago, something happened that caused the Green Sahara to go from having the a lush paradise of some of the largest networks of rivers and the largest freshwater lake ever known to have existed to this barren wasteland desert of this never-ending sea of sand dunes to what we see today. And so that in itself surprises people uh, for the first time because they don't, like, they don't realize it. You see this look on their face like it was green and looked nothing like it did today. And then you show them various maps of these river systems that were there from 11,000 years ago to 5,000 years ago. Well, I should say existed before 11,000 years ago. Yeah. Some of them started disappearing at that time, which is an interesting date. But um, yeah, it's, it's, it's fascinating. So you have Lega, or excuse me, Lega, Mega Lake Chad, which is the largest freshwater lake ever known to have existed. Mm -hmm. And to put it into perspective, uh, it had 139,000 miles of surface area. But when you compare that to the North American Great Lakes, all of the North American Great Lakes combined is like 94,000. Yeah. So compared to 139,000. Um, and, and some of the largest network of rivers, like I said. So yeah, it's bizarre. A lot of people don't understand it. And I think that this is something that needs a lot more attention because there's evidence that something happened there. Yeah. And I would like to see some scientific explanation because we live in a time when they're really emphasizing man-made climate change. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, wait a second. What happened to cause a continental desert the size of like the you know the contiguous united states um the lower 48 into a barren desert i'm like before i start mailing out a carbon tax check yeah i, I would like just a little bit of explanation of what happened here 
Yeah, um, and, and I mean, we, we look at the reshot structure. Anyone could just go on Google Earth and look at it from space and you'll see the detail. It's pretty yeah. unbelievable. There's nothing that we know of, even in the universe, that's anything like this. I mean, there's literally no examples of this. There's things that look kind of similar in some small aspects on other planets, but nothing like this. It looks like a giant eye of Horus in the middle of the desert, and it looks like a big blue eye. And when you get on the ground, you have all the examples that you saw Plato uh, speak of on the ground um, for uh, the site of potentially Atlantis. You have it, it exits to the south. You have mountains like the Atlas Mountains to the north. Remember, Atlantis means Island of Atlas and King Atlas of Mauritania. Atlas Mountains, I mean, come on, it kind of puts itself together pretty easily right there. But on top of that, you know, there's a lot of references to um, Atlantis being in the Sahara Desert. Uh, can you kind of go into a few of the examples that you mention in uh, your content as well um, regarding the evidence of Atlantis being in the Sahara Desert? So the, this is what's interesting. A lot of people don't realize that the, the legend of Atlantis comes from the ancient Egyptians, which, by the way, are in the Sahara Desert. Mm -hmm. And they claim that they were survivors of a lost island that was destroyed in a cataclysm. And the colonists essentially became the Egyptians were the colonists from yeah. that had survived that that cataclysm, whatever yeah. it was. And there are reasons to suggest that it would have been in the Sahara Desert, besides the fact that the entire Sahara Desert was a lush green paradise of a massive network of rivers and lakes, like I just mentioned, which would be conducive for human migrations and other things. But a lot of people think Atlantis are like, oh, it was at the bottom of the ocean. I'm like, well, that's if you read everything that Plato had said, it describes that what was left of Atlantis following the cataclysm was that it was buried off by a shoal of mud. So ships could no longer navigate to and from the island. And it was also the only thing left of it were reeds of grass and reeds are essentially saltwater grass. They can they yeah. go as deep as like no more than 15, 20 feet, maybe 30 feet if I'm remembering right. But in other words, it's not at the bottom of the ocean. Um, and not only that, um, the very fact that, you know, um, the if you look at the Sahara Desert, like through some old maps, it is we know that people um, they use like rivers and water to navigate. Mm -hmm. So the fact that this was said to be Atlantis itself was said to be a major trading hub. Yeah. The fact that it was said to be busy all day and all night, spoken from lang languages from all over, mm -hmm. that describes a, a large metropolitan area, especially when you think that it was busy all day and all night. Yeah. So it's really not feasible to suggest that it'd be in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean where which is so dangerous to get to but it's like does it even make sense to suggest that people would be traveling all over to trade things so far away yeah. or would it make sense that in the western sahara desert which is where the rishat you say rishat is that what they say out there is it rishat, uh, well they, they say out there guelbe rishat so rishat? um it, it's it's kind of like a french-ish mm -hmm. word that almost sounds it, i actually don't know if it's french it might be arabic i have no idea they speak like 50 different languages right. out there i, I want to point out because like remember I, in my first videos on it i was incorrectly saying i was calling it the rickot uh, and some people say uh, Richot, and I'm like, yeah. and I've heard Rishot and Rishot. So I just say, I've been saying Rishot, but it's not Rakot. But regardless, yeah, um, well, there's actually the the National Geographic documentary they did on my travels out there. Um, they in the in the show they basically say, who cares, whatever, because like everyone says it differently at some point. You just got to go, okay, well, yeah, I don't know who named this thing, but I call it Atlantis because you know that that is what and the Eye of the Sahara is another good uh, term for it. Right. But when you go on the ground there, it's so obvious that something was there. And you mentioned, yeah, why if if people are trading, why would it be in the middle of the actual Atlantic? Why not be 
on the Atlantic. And of course, it's just the capital of a big region, just like there's Rome. And then there's a Roman territory, which stretched to England and to like Turkmenistan. You know, there's a big difference between you say ancient Rome, you're not just talking about the city of Rome, you're talking about the Roman Empire. And same thing with Atlantis, in my opinion. And I should point out that one of the original roads to Mecca went from Mauritania. And a lot of people believe that the original road to Mecca actually went to Jordan. Um, So there's a lot of debate about that, because Jordan is another place with some amazing ancient structures as well. But that's a whole other ballpark here. But, um, you know, looking at the evidence that people have, have, have come up with over the years, it's quite clear when you go there that there is, um, you know, a flat plain, a flat land on the bottom of where the sea would be. And I mean flat, like you go down with your thumb and, and feel the ground and it's tight packed and clearly the bottom of what used to be a seabed. There's salt. I've tasted it, as silly as that is. And, um, you know, there's all the evidence of something being built on top of possibly even a natural formation. What do you think? Is it a natural formation? So that's what's so interesting is that a lot of people say, but no, 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 no. The, the wrist shot cannot be the, the location of Atlantis because it is a natural formation. Yeah. It was created by Atlantis was created by the god Poseidon. And I'm like, well, wait a second. Are we going to suggest that Poseidon was an actual individual? Because if you look up, Poseidon was said to be the god of the oceans, the sea, horses, and earthquakes. And I'm like, it seems to me, oh, it also translates to god of the earth or lord of the earth. And I'm like, wait a second. I'm like, that's describing what I would say is mother nature. And it doesn't seem as feasible to suggest that was based on a real person. But to be honest, I do... Deep down, I do wonder if like the Greek gods are actually based on people that did exist. So I'm not pretending that I don't think that, but when it comes to actually explaining what the Rishat is and could it be the location of Atlantis, we have to remember that, see, a lot of people have been looking at the Atlantic Ocean for decades and decades and they have found nothing. But yet in the, in the region of Northwest Africa, you have a site that matches the lost capital. So Atlantis mm-hmm. was said to be a kingdom made up of 10, or an empire made up of 10 kingdoms. And... The lost capital was said to be made up of concentric circles, mm-hmm. specifically three of water, two of land, which matches the Rishat. Mm-hmm. It was said to have an opening at the south, which is exactly what is at the Rishat structure, and you can literally see the water flow that came out of it. It was also said to be made up of black, red, and white color stones, which is the same thing you find in the region around the Rishat. Mm-hmm. It was said to have rivers and mountains to the north, which the Taman Reset River went directly north of the Rishat structure and is dated between 11,700 uh, years ago and disappeared something around like 5,000 years ago. Right. Gee, what an interesting time frame because Atlantis was said to have been destroyed approximately 11,600 years ago. Yeah. But not only that, it was said to have uh, mountains to the north, like I just said, but you have the Atlas Mountains located in modern-day Morocco, named after, like you had just said a moment ago, the first king of Atlantis and, and the first king of Mauritania was said to be named King Atlas. Yeah. What a coincidence that it's the same name. Yeah. But not only that, it was said to have certain geological properties that were special, such as that it said that Poseidon had made take special care to create these springs of warm and cold fresh water. Well, it turns out there's a study from the early or late 1990s that showed that described the Rishat structure as being a geothermal complex. And I'm like, well, hot springs are literally the definition of a geothermal anomaly. And I'm like, well, that's another interesting coincidence. Um, But yeah, the fact that there's salt throughout the region and you were just mentioning this evidence of vast water erosion, I'm like, because a lot of people will say, wait a second, the Rishot structure is too far above the ocean. The ocean wasn't there. I'm like, wait a second. If you look at satellite imagery, you can see the signature traits of vast water erosion, the striations all across the Sahara Desert. Mm -hmm. And 
the allegedly the last time the Sahara Desert was under the ocean was they say 56 to 66 million years ago was the time of the Trans-Saharan Seaway. Well, if you look at the map of the Trans-Saharan Seaway, Google this, um, you can see that it does not annotate it going west over the Rishat structure. It shows it going south. But if you look at it through satellite imagery, it is all the signature traits of catastrophic water erosion are there, except for it's on a level that we've never seen anywhere else on Earth. Yeah. But not only that, you have these ripples, these signature traits that you see on uh, on any beach, you have these ripples from the ocean. Well, you can see them there on a much more massive scale, as in like thousands of feet apart and hundreds of feet tall. But not only that, you have salt. Like you just said, not only did you taste it off the ground yourself, mm -hmm. but I could show you National Geographic articles and Reuters articles about the vast salt caravans throughout Mauritania. Yeah. In fact, there's literature from um, the, the, the mid-1800s, 1851 treaties of Mauritanian ancient resources mm -hmm. that talk about how uh, Salt was literally exported throughout uh, Europe uh, from Mauritania. Yeah. And then you have Tashit Mauritania, which is right south of the Rishat, that is one of these main places. Mm -hmm. And and furthermore, all the areas with the highest levels of salt concentration, which you can, by the way, see from Google Earth, the, the white blemishes, are all in the areas of the lowest elevation, which is indicative that seawater had settled and later evaporated there. I'm like, yeah. this is not rocket science. Mm -hmm. Something happened. And the implications are that you know, whether Atlantis existed or not, I've said this before, even if it didn't exist and the Rishat structure is not the location, even though it matches more than a dozen striking similarities, we've only hit yeah. on half of them so far. Um, even if it's not, the very fact from a climate, you know, science perspective, mm -hmm. we're talking about that the evidence, there's real evidence that the ocean bulldozed throughout the Sahara literally tens of millions of years more recently and the implications are massive. And let me also just say, while I'm on a roll, that yeah. Further evidence that it happened tens of millions of years yeah. more recently is that I, I took it upon myself to Google. I'm like, is there any volcanic activity throughout the Sahara? And Mount Emikusi is located in modern day Chad. It is 11,300 feet in elevation at its caldera. And it's said to be dated somewhere between 1.2 and like 2.3 million years ago. Yet, if you look to the south of it, there's a 12,000 year old lava flow. And you can see these signature striations of water erosion go that cut it off, literally erase it like a line mm -hmm. right through this lava flow. So regardless of whether we're talking about a 12,000 year lava flow, and regardless if we're talking about a 2 million year old volcano, the evidence is that there was a, an event involving yeah. catastrophic water flow that happened literally 50 to 60 million years more recently than what has been explained scientifically. So the fact that I'm like, I'm like, where are all the scientists and geologists and climate scientists and researchers discussing this? It's like the, the Sahara Desert has been completely ignored. And this is the one thing I'm trying to, again, I'll just emphasize the point one more time. As even though I do think that by far the most likely location for the lost capital city of Atlantis is at the Rishat structure, some people will never believe that Atlantis existed. I'm like, yeah, that's okay. Can we please talk about this water erosion that's not supposed to exist? Like we stand to to, to learn something from this. Yeah. And 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 one last thing. I'm sorry. Like, but I'm on a roll. I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm remembering all these yeah, things yeah. that I've just, that I've shared in other videos. Which is that to suggest that this had happened yeah. at the period of the time that Atlantis was destroyed. Like I said, there's this 12,000 year lava flow to the south south of Emikusi, and you can see that mm -hmm. something happened to erase it. But on the on the right off the coast mm -hmm. of the Western Sahara Desert, right in front of the Rishat structure is what's called the Mauritanian Seafloor Slide. It goes for hundreds of miles off the coast to the west. It is more than 2,000 meters, which is more than a mile deep, and it's all, all layered sediment. This is in suggestive evidence that this event had happened at that same period of time 
of when Atlantis was said to be destroyed approximately 11,000 years ago. Yeah. All, when you connect the dots and all these, these details, yeah. you start to see it from a hole and you're like, this is so overwhelming that even though it's not a guarantee, I don't like to get ahead of myself and declare this is a scientific fact, Atlantis existed right there. It's like, I'm open-minded enough to, to, to say, but like, maybe, maybe not. But this cannot be dismissed anymore. This needs to be discussed on so many levels and people need to put aside their egos on like, whether they think Atlantis was in one place or another that it never existed. This deserves scientific study and the Rishot structure, one last point to be made, is that it's still considered a scientific mystery. Yeah. They don't know exactly how it was formed. It is theorized that it is a volcanic dome that had risen and collapsed over time. Maybe that's true, maybe it's not. But the reality is that we've never seen anything like this anywhere else in the world. Yeah. I've seen pictures of other collapsed domes and I can see the similarity, but it's not like this. It doesn't have the concentric circles one after the other. So. Anyways, <laughs> well, I mean, it's just it's so close to um, what Plato wrote of what Solon wrote of what um, Solon was told by Egyptians. And by the way, you know, you are so right when it comes to those um, ripples, because it's something that I see a lot of people trolling you about. They say, oh, well, it's sand dunes that are blown that way. There's no such thing as sand dunes it's that big that are being just the wind. Yeah, it's, it's insane. But you are so right about it because I've been on the ground there and those people can troll all day on Twitter or whatever on, on your YouTube videos. But I've been there on the ground and I saw it and there is bedrock. It's bedrock. The sand blows into it, of course, because it's a Sahara Desert, but it is bedrock. And you could see the ripples in the bedrock. I drove through there right. and they are absolutely massive. I have, a, you know, it's such yeah. a good point to bring up. It's like, so you've seen it with your own eyes. Yeah. You can see the, the, the bedrock that's been eroded by water and then sand had went and put it in its place. Cause same people are like, this is just wind erosion. So in one of my more recent videos, since my last Rishot Atlantis theory video, I'm like, that I showed people, I'm like, I Googled, what are the 10, the most windy places on planet earth? Yeah. And I looked at each and every one of them from Google earth and none of them look like this. You can tell the difference between wind erosion and sand erosion. All you gotta do is use this, there's this amazing website called www.google.com. You should totally check it out. Yeah. You can like plug things in there and it doesn't mean that everything that comes up the top is the right answer. That's yeah. not true. But you can literally take it upon yourself to check signature traits of water erosion for signature traits of wind erosion. Yeah. And you can see that what happened in throughout the Sahara Desert, this is not wind. Erosion. I'm not saying wind erosion isn't there. Like you, you just saw, you saw with your own eyes this bedrock formation of black black bedrock mm -hmm. that had this really gnarly weathering. So it's like okay, it was formed by water, and then over 10, 12,000 years since, the wind is at play, moving sand, eroding the bedrock itself. It's like the answer is both people, but you cannot explain the textbook no. ripples as well as the the striations. Let's just talk about striations. You. Go to any of the windiest places on earth and i would say antarctica is the best example not only is it number one on that list but if you were to uh if there was if striations could be formed on anything it would be through snow and ice yeah. and you don't see any of this whatsoever in antarctica or yeah. any of the other places so i'm like come on people don't don't listen to what i have to say don't just take it upon yourself we live in an age where so many people want somebody to to show them and to inform them, I'm like, but you can literally just do quick fact checking. And I'm making the joke about Google, but like, just check. Yeah. What does Google, or what, excuse me, what does wind erosion look like? What does water erosion look like? 
it's not rocket scientists and, and I don't have to go spend a bunch of years in, in school studying yeah. rock formations to at least wrap my head around these things. Hey, I mean, like the thing is academia is absolutely pathetic these days. It has been for a long time. They don't want to look at these things. But again, if there are ripples that big from a flood, Think of the size of that flood. It had to be absolutely massive, the likes of which we haven't seen anywhere else on Earth ever. Yeah. Um, you pointed out in one of your videos that there are similar um, erosions in Australia from when water was higher, but there's nothing like this. I mean, it is so clear, and that also adds more weight to the story of Atlantis being there, because look, At Atlantis was a circular structure, but it wasn't just alone. It was a part of a, a, a piece of land, and when you go up around there, you see that there's this one peak of land near the reshot structure that's higher than the rest of it and you can look at any topographic map and you know you look and zoom out on google earth and you could see where the water came through and it's so obvious and that gets us to the green sahara theory because it is clear that um the there's jungle and lush jungle at, at that in the sahara desert not that long ago and by that i mean you know th thousands and thousands and thousands of years ago but not millions in comparison to what you know the academics have been clinging to forever and refuse to change their minds on there's vast evidence you've talked about the river uh you know the rivers that connect it, yeah. africa used to be a bunch of different islands uh you know submerged in water can you go into some of this a bit yeah and this is the thing that a lot of people we have to wrap our heads around like this is such a foreign concept to think that just five thousand or so years ago yeah. that the Sahara was green. It is something that we, it's hard to wrap our heads around because yeah. it's such a unbelievably different environment now. But it's like, if we, if, if it is indeed true that humans originated Africa, assuming that that's true, that seems to be the consensus. Yeah. Like that's a whole debatable thing. I mean, I'm consensus. Sure we're, we're probably like half <laughs> aliens hybrids. That's a whole other thing. Yeah. But um, it would make sense that the Sahara would have been populated. And I can show you studies like, like there's little, cause these same people, like I don't take every study at face value. So, but there are people who do. Yeah. These mainstream scientific academic community is like, is there a peer reviewed study on it or not? I'm like, okay, let me show you some peer reviewed studies that literally say that these ancient civilizations would have lived along these networks of rivers yeah. in the Sahara Desert. I've seen them, I've shared them in my videos. It's like, so it's all right there from a mainstream scientific mm -hmm. perspective that people were there. And now because of things like um, LIDAR from space, they're, they're scanning the Sahara Desert with LIDAR, which essentially is, they can, they're finding structures that are thousands of years old in these unexplainable places in the middle of the Sahara Desert that never were known to have existed previously. The Sahara was once a paradise of human population, and I am convinced that it is the ancient jackpot, that in our lifetimes, they're gonna come up with more and more uh, discoveries that are going to defy what we thought we knew. Yeah. And so well, we know as a fact that um, there are structures in the reshot structure itself that people have dated back thousands of years, but it's mostly, it's like sheep pens and stuff like that, because what people don't seem to realize is if there's a flood that's going all the way almost to the eastern side of Africa and it's that powerful, everything would have been stripped away from the bedrock. So all you have is the original foundation of the city. You're not going to find a castle there. I mean, you know, I, and you mentioned this before in videos years ago about, you know, in the Sahara Desert, it's just there's sand covering for sure. Just thousands of amazing architectural right. wonders that, that we have no idea exist. But in a place like the Rishad structure, it got blasted so hard 
hard. Nothing is going to stand there except for maybe the imprint of something that was there. And there's a lot of imprints at the reshot structure. There's a lot of them that I saw on the ground where I'd look around and there's just straight lines in certain directions, but there's nothing there anymore, but it's like a stamp. And you look from space and you see that and, you know, uh, space archaeologists, I don't, I'm still kind of weirded out by that term, space archaeologists uh, have confirmed before that a lot of these structures went back thousands and thousands of years, not to mention all of the small towns that even if you go back 300 years still existed in Mauritania that no longer exist there. You know, I went through a lot of places in Mauritania that you could tell there were structures there at one point, there's nothing there anymore. And it is a vast wasteland. And Beautiful people, really amazing people, vast wasteland. Uh, there's nothing to do there. I mean, if you're looking for a fun time, don't go to Mauritania unless you're really interested in researching the reshot structure. And, and here's the thing, like going back to your point you're just making about like, you know, being down to bedrock at the reshot and that there would be no structures left. It's like people, because a lot of people are like, they would have to find something. I'm like, wait a second. After catastrophic flooding, there would have been thousands of feet deep that went on for who knows how long of a period of time, so much so that it literally stripped everything down to the very bedrock and, and stripped the bedrock itself with these massive striations. That's like if you were, and I've given this example in a video years ago, but like imagine you have a kitchen table full of all your whole dinner stuff and somebody pulls, you know, the, uh, the um, cloth, the tablecloth from underneath. Like if this is not what's going to happen. If there's a flood coming, look at any localized flood you see on the news here in Arizona. You know, it takes away entire roads. It's like it's taking everything away with it. So the Rishot would be the skeleton, the foundational remains of the, the of the city. If 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 it is indeed the location, the flooding would have had to have removed all of it. Yep. Like this isn't this isn't a stretch. Like what would be a stretch is to suggest that the remnants would still be on top of it. Yeah. Which is why I suggest that if you were, if it is indeed the location, and where you'd want to look is that Mauritanian seafloor slide off the West yeah. Coast, because that's where all the debris would have gone. And that reminds me of a detail um, that I was going to mention earlier about gold. Yeah. Atlantis was said to be rich of gold and that the outer ring was supposed to be the walls were allegedly lined with gold. Well, it turns out that Mauritania is up in that same 1851 treatise I mentioned a moment ago involving salt. It also lists that it was a well-known authenticated fact that prior to the gold rush discovery in North America, that a vast majority of Europe got their gold from Mauritania. Right. And I'm like, well, that is a really interesting detail because it comes to find out that the richest man ever known to have existed was Mansa Musa of the Mali Empire, which consists of partly of modern day Mauritania. Right. And I'm like, this is another profound detail because a lot of people, I remember years ago when I first made videos on this, people were like, well, where's the gold? Yeah. Where's the gold, Jimmy? This is not the site. And upon more research, it's like, well, holy crap, what are the odds that the, the area with the richest man ever known to have existed, richer than Monday Elon Musk, um, happens to be in that same geographical location. So with that said, if anyone's to go looking to find actual re remnants of Atlantis, it would be in that layered sediment off the coast of West Africa where the bulldoze tsunami or whatever the heck the force of water was would have pushed it all. And it could be Unfortunately, it could be a mile deep under all that sediment. I mean, it's it. I never say never, and nothing's impossible. But like, it could be hard to find something like that. But the good news is that we're looking for more than just yeah. um, shaped stone, because most of that would have been bulldozed into gravel, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. But if there's something, you'd find it. Like, or you could find something if there was something. But the gold, we have technological capabilities to search, you know, metal detectors that look for gold. Like, so you could go out there and do some core drill samples under the ocean. This wouldn't be cheap, yeah. but like this is, this is where you would find it. And the good news is that gold does not rust away. It's forever. Like it's not going away. So if there was, if that was indeed the remnants of Atlantis, the gold would survive. So if they find an abundance of gold 
under the ocean in that layered sediment, that to me would be, if there was a smoking gun, you're going to look for it there. Absolutely. And by the way, I really do appreciate your um, shout outs on, on things like Joe Rogan. It, it means a lot because, you know, I went over there, my YouTube yeah. video got taken down yeah. where I went to the structure. I almost died. And, you know, it, it was really nice to see the recognition on a show as big as uh, Joe Rogan's. It, do, it does mean a lot to me because, you know, uh, there's all these people that they, you know, they, they go out to all these different places around the world and they just don't get recognition at all. The right. amount of people on YouTube that alone that go out to ancient sites and do videos on it, um, you know, they're in the thousands and, you know, a lot of them go to places where they risk their life and they don't get any recognition. They don't get views. They don't, you know, right. and, uh, yourself and, uh, Ben, of course, from Uncharted X, who both, both of you guys do great work are, um, doing a great job spotlighting a lot of those people as well. And, and mentioning things that you, you I've seen you multiple times mention photos that someone just randomly emailed you right. or something like that, that, um, proves a certain thing, whatever it is. But, you know, it's a very important thing to, make people aware of all those out there that are risking their life to find information instead of just sitting on their ass as an academic and doing whatever they were told or oh there's a right. book from 1822 that said this if we change that our all of everything we said has ever has been a lie so we can't change it so we'll have to use politics essentially to make sure that it doesn't change but with that said um we are looking at an ancient apocalypse we're talking about a reset of everything something very biblical literally biblical because you could they, they talk about it in the bible and you could see it in the matte surface of the earth there's so much science to back this up and with that said jimmy i kind of wanted to move into as we close this off the, the 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 current reset we're going through right now because we just we look at this ancient civilization stuff and people people always ask me what does it matter it matters a lot first our history is extremely important the things that are being hidden from us are extremely important and we will see it again right. and that's one you know we need to learn from the past to build in the future so um you know where do you think we're going as far as going from this ancient reset to this great reset that we see today we we know it's uh, surrounding us and it's coming in fast what what do you think I have a lot of thoughts. So first of all, I think the most imminent thing is going to be an economic disaster. I've been talking about this for a bit now. Um, the, all the indicators are there. A lot of people don't want to hear it, but they need to be looking at central digital banking currency and how that's going to be used to control everything. So that, that's one thing. <laughs> then we have like this crazy world where like world leaders and everything, everyone's just trying to rule this world. Like it's like almost like a, a Game of Thrones thing. You got people yeah. from all over the world trying to run this thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so there's that. So. Uh, you know, whether it's an EMP disaster, you know, a, a, a grid down situation, that would be unbelievably catastrophic. So that's number two. And then we have these, what I think are reoccurring cycles. Um, one of which could involve us getting hit by asteroids in increments, increments of time where it's like we go through these debris fields of, of different uh, meteor showers and sometimes we get hit by a big one. I've seen there is some real strong scientific evidence that shows that we've been nailed by asteroids far more recently in the time of the dinosaurs yeah. and, and the evidence signature traits of that are found. But I don't think it's limited to that. I think there's a number of things that happen here on Earth and one of which is pole shifts. Mm -hmm. This is something that a lot of people aren't familiar with. It's gained a lot of traction. There's many people talking about it, about it now, but by and large, just like average everyday people don't even know what that is. And there appears to be real evidence, actually, let me rephrase. There is hard evidence that the poles do shift, that there's a shift inside the Earth's core that changed the geomagnetic uh, poles of Earth. And it's accelerating. Mm -hmm. And this is being measured. This is the reason why they're updating runway 
um, uh, numbers all throughout the world, which is based on the compass. And there's even in the recent weeks, they're, they're, they're finding measurements that something's happening in the core where it's slowing and stopping and reversing. So I know this is to get real woo woo, but I almost wonder if it makes sense that it just seems like people are going crazy. It could be just the way our, our lives are living technology and we're sitting inside all day. It could be a lot of factors, but I almost wonder if, uh, cause like animals, fish, salmon, like the, they're, they're, they're based on magnetic, like how they find their way up and downstream is something that we're still studying, how, how whales can go from like one point of the, the earth to the other side and find their way back. Yeah. And I think that we have these compasses inside of our head, so to speak. We are wired and connected to the earth more so than most people would believe. Yeah. It sounds very woo-woo, but I'm talking about future right. science right now that I think that what's happening to the earth could affect us. Um, but never mind the woo-woo part of it. The reality is that when this pole shift happens and they say it's going to be a thousand years away, I think the evidence is showing that it's accelerating. It could happen in our lifetimes. Maybe not, but you know. Well, the academic science isn't very good on timing things anyway. They could say it's a thousand years away, but they also think that the Sahara was uh, green only like millions and millions right. of years ago. Right. So their timing on this isn't always that great. And we also have to remember that most of these people that pretend they know what they're talking about, they don't. Like they, they just pretend to know what they're talking about based on hard theories that they just, you know, piled up on for, for centuries. And none of them have learned this for themselves. They're reading out of a textbook. We, you know, most of us, that are watching today want to actually find new information and dig and research. And you know, my motto here at Rural Alternative Media is find the truth, be the change. It's because we need to actually dig into this, find it, and then do something about it. Because, and Graham Hancock has said it a lot of times before, it's like everyone is building weapons to murder each other on earth, but no one's paying attention to the thing that they could possibly be saved from that could right. wipe out most of humanity. And it's happened before, it's happened multiple times before. And I think it might, there might've been, you know, four or five ancient cataclysms that wiped out major civilizations going back, you know, 100,000, 200,000 years. But with that said, if we don't pay attention to it, then we're doomed to, you know, repeat the past. Right. And this is why I encourage people to become preppers. A lot of people laugh at that. That's nothing to scoff off, uh, scoff off now because after all the COVID lockdowns, mm -hmm. people remember running out of toilet paper. I know I didn't. I bragged to everyone about it. <laughs> uh, but like self-reliance is a real thing. Like I'm just saying, there is so many things that could happen, yeah. even things we can't even think of, that could undo this entire supply chain process. In a matter of days, you could be without all the things that you need. And so there's something very satisfying about, like I said, self-reliance. Having a, yeah. a certain amount of time of food, water, and other resources that you have that we take for granted, whether it's toothpaste and other things, stock up and have a supply of it, yeah. and as well as weapons and ammo. Like that's, I don't see how that's taboo, but to some people it is, and it's like not on this channel. Not on this <laughs> channel, right? It's like it's like reality is that like you have to be able to defend yourself. And I'm, I'm featured on Infowars, so yeah, I don't think right you're on. gonna, you're not gonna be like, oh, guns. No, we can't have that. Guns are bad. <laughs> it's like so honestly, like 911 isn't always there, even during different. Like I remember Hurricane Katrina years ago. Man, people, 911 didn't exist and people had to defend themselves and things got ugly. This is how things work in, in, in a, a cataclysmic scenario of chaos and, and, and civil instability. So I encourage people, like there's something deeply satisfying about knowing that even if the lights went off tomorrow or if there was some sort of lockdown or whatever it may be, that you have enough to sustain yourself. It is a fulfilling feeling to know you have things. Like, you know, again, people make fun of preppers and I think that that's going away. Preppers are laughing at you now, but um, I encourage people, it's like, just have a good supply of things. I would encourage no less than three months. That's still not enough at all. Um, but whether it's canned food, bags of rice, 
Um, yeah. And you can you do the math on how many cups of rice it would take to survive for one person per day, and then do the math and at least have a year supply. For a few hundred dollars, you can live on, you would have enough sustenance to live. Like, you know, here you have like this canned food, you can split up over a day and with beans and rice. Um, and you could, for literally a few hundred dollars, guarantee your survival for at least a year. And there's something good about that because in your closet, the nice cool closet, you have your bags of rice and it's out of sight, out of mind. Um, it's not a big deal and it's just too easy because imagine how you're going to feel. Yeah. And this is going into guns again. Like I have people like, oh, I'll get a gun sooner or later. I'm like, no, what if, what if crap hits the fan tomorrow yeah. and how much regret and shame you're going to have in here for yourself to realize like, I knew it and I didn't do it. Well, and, and now, they're, they're cracking down on the monthly on what kind of guns you can even buy right now. So you're already losing opportunities at this moment. And shameless plug, by the way, you mentioned, you know, storing food and all that. I do have a storable food link in the description that you could go buy. It's super easy. The solution's there. There's a link. You just click on it and then you get it and it costs a couple hundred dollars, non-GMO storable foods, heirloom seeds, et cetera. Use code WAM, W-A-M. Anyway, <laughs> so with that said, you know, it's we have all these solutions in front of us and people, a lot of people just want to watch the movie and not do anything about it. And, you know, you know, that's one of the things that I find so important when we look back in the past, how do people survive? They went with the hunter-gatherers, they had, but people become dependent when they become too coddled. And we've been coddled for decades, in fact, almost a century now, each generation more than the last. And we have to understand what that does to people. Tyranny comes under the guise of convenience. And if we have a cashless society, if, if we can't use our bank account unless we um, ask or do good things for the government, by, by that I mean uh, comply and, you know, instead of wearing a mask and showing your Vax Pass, you instead end up with, uh, you know, energy credits, so, uh, you know, carbon credits and stuff like that. Grid going down, big problem. They'll come in as a solution. I guarantee it. And it's not going to be a good solution. Supply chain, economy, um, you know, defense and all of the above. And of course, natural disaster. They will come in and, you know, they can't let a good, good crisis go to waste. So of course they will. So if they can, they will. So what will you do about it? And that's extremely important going forward. So yeah, you're bang on with that. I mean, man, the amount of people out there that are just waiting to, for it to play out and they don't have guns, they don't have right. food, they have nothing. And then we keep seeing these dry runs happen, like in the beginning of 2020. And by the way, you must have had like people lined up down your street in masks waiting to wipe their butt or something because you got all the toilet paper in town. But, you know, that, that's, you know, people think about these things and do something about it. And, you know, one of the strange things about that toilet paper thing was I went to Mexico during that time and there were pyramids of toilet paper manufactured in the United States that somehow got to Mexico, but no one could get them on the shelves in the stores in the United States. And they had jokes, ha ha ha, silly Americans on these giant pyramids of, of uh, funny talking about pyramids, pyramids of toilet paper at, at the grocery stores. So, you know, it, it, there's something going on. I'm not going to get it all into that today. But hey, I think most of you guys know if you watch my channel what I'm getting at. Um, there is a concerted effort to make us dependent because the government depends on the dependence of the masses, so why wouldn't they? And in, in, in going into that, it's like, come on, people, like conspiracies exist. And how many of them have been confirmed in just the last handful of years? <laughs> yeah. Like at this point, like you really need to be doing your own research. You have to, and it's very easy. Like, well, how do you do that? I'm like, well, listen, listen to what everyone has to say. Like I give this example not long ago. It's like, here's one, here's one thing. Early in COVID, I was watching all the White House press conferences because I was looking to see what's going on. And I would notice, I would listen to the whole thing. I listen to everything Trump had to say, Fauci had to say, Burks had to say. And then I look at the mainstream headlines. Instantaneously, they have all these headlines come out completely contradicting the things that Trump had just said. Yeah. Um, putting words in his mouth or, or omitting things that he had to say and basically looking him as, look, making him look as incompetent 
as possible. And I'm day in and day out, I'm like, oh, people are gonna pick up on this. Yeah. They're gonna see like, oh my God, the mainstream media is so full of crap because I knew a lot of people were watching these press conferences early on, especially really early on. They were like, what's happening? People were nervous. And I'm like, if you, so people are like, how do you, how do you research? It's like, yeah. well, just listen to what the, out of, you know, right out of the horse's mouth. It's like people not to go like off track, but even like Putin stuff, how many people have actually listened to anything that he's had to say? Yeah. Like no one, they're like, no, he's an evil bad guy. I'm like, who told you that? Some article from this yeah. news outlet? Or yeah. did you go and listen to a actual um, um, uh, transcribe of what he had actually said? I'm like, this is how you do it. Go to the horse's mouth. So. <laughs> and by the way, it was easier for me to go to Mauritania as a journalist than it was for me to try and get into Ukraine. I tried twice to get into Ukraine and had a guy in the Ukrainian military literally threaten that if I touch down in Ukraine and I leave the media approved zones that they can help what might happen to me as, and, and I might be used as propaganda for either side, the guy said. For either side, you could be used as propaganda, which I viewed as a threat. So obviously, so I didn't go because it was just too over the top. But And that was March of 2022, right at the you know height of all this stuff. So again, there's information out there. There's people that don't want you to see it. It's not a conspiracy theory anymore when everything you say over two, three, four years especially have come true. I've been talking about the cashless society since 2006. And back then it was like, whoa, that's way out there. But now they're literally uh, you know, putting out CBDC, central bank digital currencies in 95% of countries in the world. Nigeria won't let people um, you know, access their money without having a, a vax pass and carbon credit pass. It's insane. So yeah, this stuff is happening. We should do something about it. And um, with the 15 minute city stuff and all that kind of stuff happening right now, hey, isn't it a good time to be prepared? Isn't it a good time? We were just going into all this stuff about Atlantis getting wiped out. Our civilization's at risk of being wiped out. Jimmy has done videos on the internet being erased, essentially. And it's very much something I believe will happen, just wiping out history, rewriting it however they want. And in 50 years, no one would even know, know the difference. No one would even remember. This is what they've done time and time again throughout history. This is nothing new. This this has been played out before many, many times. Yeah. That if there's anything I've learned in my studies of the of, of just history, never mind the pyramids for a second, never mind Atlantis. What I the one reoccurring thing that I've seen time and time again, which I've been blown away by, is that that in every single corner of the earth that you look at, every corner, every single civilization, every empire has literally gone down the same path of tyranny, where you have some corrupt individuals mm -hmm. that are power hungry and they erase everything that once existed, they rewrite it and they get rid of those who once knew, who knew about it. It is a rinse cycle repeat throughout history. Mm -hmm. It is real, it's unfortunate, and this is why they need to rewrite the encyclopedia definition of humans. I make this joke, but I'm serious. I'm like, they need to write in bitter, jealous, envious, yeah. you know, power hungry. Not everyone is like this. I know lots of nice people, but yeah. what you don't realize is that there's a, a lot of people don't seem to want to believe, I should say, is that there are very, very smart people out there that are also smiling and doing truly evil things behind your back. And this has been proven time and time again. A lot of people don't want to believe that humans could be so awful, but it's like, just look at what happened in the 20th century with, I mean, is 100 million dead people throughout different continents around the world not enough to show that there's this reoccurring theme of bad people doing bad things and yeah. all the innocent people that would never do those things are the ones that suffer in the process. Yeah, absolutely. You're totally right. And we're running out of time here. So I'm going to uh, close it off right away here. But I do appreciate everything you do, Jimmy. And by the way, um, if people are interested, of course, you will be um, go check out Bright Insight on YouTube. And do you have a rumble? 
Yes, go to my Rumble, subscribe, it's Bright Insight. My name is Jimmy Corsetti. Um, I hate to plug them, but I'll keep it going for now. I'm on Instagram, Bright Insight, and on Twitter. I like Twitter now. They, I, I'm very happy with the things that, uh, the developments there, but that's for another time. Find me on there, Bright Insight 6 it is, or just Jimmy Corsetti, you'll find me. And um, yeah. we got to do this again, my friend. Yeah, we should. And, you know, I'm going to be around Arizona a lot in the next little while. And, hey, again, uh, it's always good to talk to you about not just the ancient civilization stuff and the Atlantis stuff, which you're most well known for, but you're a really intelligent guy and a really smart and great researcher when it comes to other other subjects entirely. So I hope to hear more from you on those subjects as well, because I know you have a lot to say. And, you know, again, um, yeah, go subscribe on YouTube, but, you know, probably better on Rumble. And most of you are watching on alternative sites anyways, because, hey, I'm banned from YouTube. Um, this video will be one of the few that will actually show up on my Ancient Wonders channel on YouTube. But other than that, um, I try to stay away from posting on YouTube these days. Go to Rumble. Those I've been chatting with the people over there, their team, their executive team. I'm like, these are good people. and They're making things happen and they've been working with me. And so I'm very happy about that. Um, I don't like censorship. I don't like shadow banning. I don't like... I, no, that rubs me the wrong way. And Rumble, I would, I would steer people that way for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, anyways, I appreciate you joining us today. And again, check those links in the description. Q commercial in three, two. This is Josh Sigurdsson signing out from World Alternative Media. Find the truth, be the change. Bye now. I appreciate everyone watching. Make sure to check those links below. Heavensharvest.com for long-term storable foods that are non-GMO, heirloom seeds, water filtration and storage, books on how to get started. Use code WAM, W-A-M, and you get free shipping on much of those uh, products in the United States. And even if you're not in the United States, still use code WAM because it helps keep you alive and us alive at the same time. Again, the, when we're looking at the controlled demolition of the supply chain, this is how we, we withdraw. We have storable foods, we have options, we have solutions. It all comes down to you to take that solution seriously. We also have whamsurvival.com for long-term storable foods. You save a bunch of money if you go through us on there. And of course, we have Lion Energy for batteries, solar panels, solar chargers, etc. So you're not dependent on the government grid as they control collapse it to force you into the Great Reset. It's all part of the bigger puzzle, just like COVID stuff, the, the pandemic, the hoax. On top of that, we have uh, rncstore.com, Richardson Nutritional Center, your source for Laetrile online, made famous by G. Edward Griffin's book, World Without Cancer. Get your apricot seeds, Laetrile, amygdalin, and vitamin B17 there. Very good stuff. And of course, we have the like-great Dr. Zelenko's vitamins and supplements, Z-Stack, Z-Stack Kids, Z-Detox, and Z-Flu. If you want to help support us in our efforts, we have gogetfunding.com, Patreon, Subscribestar. We have, a, uh, of course, a Bitcoin address and a Cointree link with a bunch of different cryptocurrencies that you could donate in. We are completely viewer-funded. We also have, of course, our Rockfin channel and our Teespring store uh, over at um, World Alternative Media on Teespring. Bunch of merchandise. We appreciate any help we can get. Anyways, until next time, my friends, this is Josh Sigurdsson signing out from World Alternative Media. Find the truth, be the change.